Next up, number 714, February 11, 2022. Hi there, this is Susie from In His Shoes Ministries. Thanks for tuning into the next step with Father Vodskan. We are the voice of Armadoxy, a weekly podcast started in 2008 that looks at life through the lens of Armenian Orthodoxy. If you're joining us for the first time, we're so glad you're here. And if you're a regular listener, welcome back. In these weekly episodes, you will find that Father Vosgan's messages are timely, thought-provoking, and based on the solid principles of Christ's love, faith, and hope. Now, let's get ready to take the next step. What a difference a day makes. <laughs> we are one day away. I haven't done this. Yeah, in 14 years, I don't think we've ever done this. I know we've gotten a little bit late on production, but we actually did not produce on Thursday, which we've done for the last 14 years. One of the early days, yeah, we'd do it even earlier. We'd, we'd produce on Wednesday. But this week, I just couldn't get it, get it all together. It was a difficult one, of course. Um, talking about my brother-in-law's funeral was yesterday. And just I just said, you know what? I'm going to hold off and do it Friday. So this is coming to you Friday. It is a Friday morning. And you know what's really beautiful about it? The sun rose. <laughs> That's beautiful, right? It's a new day. It's a new dawn. I think dawns are just like, you know what it, it's like? It's like if you have your phone and it gets all messed up. Or you've got a computer and you've got so much garbage on it. What's the ultimate cure? A reset, right? We forget about that. You know, sometimes you get like problems on your phone and why isn't this app working? What's going on and everything? And you try all kinds of things. And you know what the solution is? Turn off the phone. Yeah, that resets the phone, right? <laughs> and then you turn it on. And what do you get? You get the phone functioning the way it should. The apps are now working. That's what dawn is. Dawn is this reset button that God God has given us. To realize that, yeah, the sun has gone down and your pain and your struggles and everything, but you have a new day. You have a new opportunity to start again. And you look at the dawn and you look at, okay, you know what? There's hope. Because as dark as the night is, and by the way, last night was really dark. I don't know what happened. <laughs> the moon was like something was off last night. It was very dark last night. I was up pretty late. And I, I just noticed. Anyway, I digress like I always do. But in the morning, you realize that the sun rises and you've got a new day. And this new day has its possibilities. It also has its pains, its challenges, its struggles. And that's why our Lord Jesus Christ, what does he do? He directs us to the day, to the present. You know, there's so much right now. There's the, the big thing right now is mindfulness. Mindfulness is nothing new. You know, I mean, uh, it was probably made uh, more popular, prevalent in the Western world through the acts of meditation. I'd say in the 60s, 70s, um, you had the Vietnamese monk who had came and he shared about mindfulness. And you had, of course, during the 60s, you had transcendental meditation, which introduced the idea of meditation, you know. Um, and we have all kinds of programs now. Actually, mindfulness is something that is being taught in, in um, institutions. Yeah. It's something that Jesus spoke about very beautifully and very plainly. Plainly in the sense that he used this beautiful metaphor that we could all relate to. He said, look at the lilies of the field. Look at them. Look how beautiful they are. God takes care of them. Don't you think he'll take care of you? In other words, worry about today. It has its own problems. Don't look too far out in advance. If God cares for the lilies of the field, which don't worry about tomorrow, but are here today and gone tomorrow, how much more will he care about you? You who are blessed with a soul. That's pretty wild. 
it's the reason for us to be mindful. It's the reason for us to be mindful of the moment, of this, what's happening right now, of the beauty in our lives. And that dawn is that reset button, as it is this morning. It's a reset. Look, okay, we, we, we went through quite a bit yesterday. We went through quite a bit in our every day this past few weeks have been really, really rough. And, and sadly, it looks like, you know, it's going to get a little bit more tough in the next few weeks as, you know, COVID, the COVID-induced wave of illnesses and ultimately death are once again, you know, front page news for us on the in the church scene. It's been very difficult. But here's the new day today. The new dawn arises. And... You're up against the dawn and you're seeing, okay, we have everything beautiful coming out. So this is what I did this morning, okay? And actually it was because I usually take my bike ride early, early morning. This this morning, it was like one of those things where I had to put away everything from yesterday. That lot of stuff that was just laying around that we got in so late. So I said, okay, we'll leave the bike ride for later. And... What I did is I flipped through the channels. Yes, I know. This is old school, okay? Getting your news from the TV, especially uh, networks. It's old school. I know. I know. But listen to what I saw, okay? Because it was really, it was at 7 o'clock. I turned on the early 7 o'clock news just to catch up on what's happened overnight. Listen to this. I I wrote it down because as I'm watching it, I'm going, what? Channel 2, okay? They're laughing. (laughs) You know, the typical uh, newscasters. Oh, yeah, they're talking about the Super Bowl. Yeah, Super Bowl's coming up this uh, Sunday. Well, of course, we're excited here. Yeah, of course, it's in the Los Angeles. It's the Los Angeles Rams on their home turf. They're going to be playing right, right here, SoFi Stadium. Wow, okay. Excitement, yeah, yeah. So that's on channel two, okay? And the newscasters, they're talking. Turn it to channel four. They're talking about the Olympics. Well, of course, NBC is covering the Olympics, so they've got the first-hand news accounts, and they're showing different sports and people in the Winter Olympics. Turn to channel five, which happens to be our local local news, not a, not a network, but a local news. And they've got a couple guys who are standing outside of the stadium and they're giving their picks for the Super Bowl game, okay? And these are just like regular Joes. They're just standing in their uh, T-shirts. They're outside, you know, and they're talking. And I wrote it down. One of them said 34 to 18. That's going to be the score. So, so he's predicting the end result. Now, these are just two Joes, right? They're just standing in front of the stadium and predicting 34 to 18. And right away, where does my mind go? I try to dissect these numbers and I'm going, okay, 18, what does that mean? Like, uh, is he predicting like three touchdowns without the extra point conversion? And that would give him, or is he predicting six field goals, you know, like three points each. And how do you get the 34? And I'm trying to dissect each of these scores. Meanwhile, these people are talking and I'm thinking in the back of my head, forget about these numbers you're talking about. What's at stake at the at the Super Bowl? Money, of course. You've got sponsors. And I don't know what it is this year. I know last year because I... I spoke about this too i mean you talk about sponsorship at the tune of what three or four million dollars every 30 seconds to sell you a potato chip to sell to sell you a soft drink to sell you a beer I mean, think about it. Think about how many cans of Pepsi Cola they have to sell to recoup four million dollars for that half a minute ad well guess what they figured it out they know exactly how many they have to sell and you're in the target you're in that area and these poor joes are out there predicting the numbers for the super bowl yeah that's nice you won't even remember what the scores are next year but there's people who are betting on you betting on you buying their products
Ah, this is like one of those things that really is close to my heart. Because when you look at what we're, you know, we were just talking about this the other day. We were talking about how people, this is a, a friend of mine, he's on the parish council. And he says that it's interesting because when they pass around the plate, there's like these dollar bills that come in that are all folded up, you know, like so nobody could see. And I thought to myself, you know, back in the 60s, I was a little kid. And I would go to church with my grandfather. And when the plate came around, I remember seeing my grandfather would put in a dollar bill into the plate. And I think he'd give me a quarter or he'd give me some kind of coin so that I could participate too. And I'd put that coin inside of the plate. And I'm thinking to myself, you know, that's in the 60s. My grandfather was putting in a dollar. And today, like 60 years later, that same dollar is going in the plate. People are putting in that same dollar. I mean, where do you adjust for this inflation over 60 years? I mean, when it comes to church, oh, no, 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 no. But it's all calculated. And the Super Bowl is part of that calculation. I know, it, it, it's a fun pastime. I'm going to enjoy watching it too, yeah. But let's put it in perspective. They're there to sell you something. And you are the target. You are the target. Now imagine if we can sell our product, which isn't a a potato chip that just goes down your throat. It isn't just a a can of beer, but it's it's a slice of heaven. Imagine if we could do that. Well, we can. We can. Okay, so Channel 5 is selling us the local angle, okay? These two Joes sitting in there. Then I turn to Channel 7. We're on ABC News. They're talking about... Today is the anniversary of the Iranian Revolution of the uh, of of the Islamic Revolution, forty three forty third anniversary, and uh, they're showing pictures in Iran of people chanting "Death to America," burning the American flag, and uh, this is all part of the images of this new day that I'm seeing. And then from there, they switch over to the Ukraine and they're talking about Putin and Biden sitting down and talking and what's going to happen. I'm thinking, wow, this is really quite a, a large spectrum of stuff that we have to take in for ourselves, right? I mean, just imagine that this is happening between 7 and 7.05. In five minutes span, I'm getting this dose of what's going on in the world. Part of my new dawn, my new day, right? We've put death aside. We've dealt with our death issues. And now this is a new day and we are confronting the issues of that day. Among them are these huge global events that that seem to have these catastrophic consequences and i'm saying this that they seem to because you know they're juxtaposed next to these events that you know who cares 14 to to 38 or what was it 18 to 34 what you know like i mean you you can't put these two together but we are in our lives we're putting them together i mean you've got russia Massing troops along the Ukrainian border. You've got innocent people inside of Ukraine. You've got the United States sending over troops. You've got issues of how are we going to pull off sanctions. People starving. You've got North Korea way up there with this crazy leader, right? You've got Iran who is burning the flag of America, death to America, and on top of it, they announced that they are a few weeks away or a few months away from finishing uh, a nuclear warhead that will be able to strike their neighbors somewhere around there, right? Okay. All of this, and then you got these two Joes talking about, well, you know, it's going to be... It's going to be a close game. And I don't think it's going to be uh, 18 to 34. No, I think it's going to be like 28 to 27. And then you've got a father Voskin who's trying to figure out the, the how do you get a, a score of 28? Well, we could, that one's pretty easy, right? The 27, you have to break it up into some field goals or no conversions and stuff like that. Okay. Are you going, wait, this is apples and oranges. We're on two different spheres. 
You can't be talking about world-changing, catastrophic events like this, where we're, we're on the brink of war and at the same time talk about, well, this person got a gold medal by skate, skating or skiing down a slope. Gold medals, silver medals. And then you start realizing, wait a minute. Maybe, maybe, it's not for us to be analyzing it at this extent. In other words, each of us has an opportunity to process it, but each of us has an access to that reset button. To realize that in our lives we have to sort out those things. And this is part of the the growing process. You start realizing what's important to you. Finding the places where you can make the impact. Because I think this is one of the big dangers that I see in social media right now. Everybody knows something about everything, but not a lot. But everybody knows something and can comment about everything. And I think the case in point is this this entire issue with the, the masks and the COVID virus, right? You got just everybody and, and his uncle telling you what's, what's right and what's wrong. What, I mean, you know, I mean, I, I've used this example before. I'm a priest. I'm a priest. You wouldn't bring your car to me and say, hey, fix the brakes. And, I, and if I turned to you and I said, well, you know what? I could go and read a book about brake repair. And I'll, I'll have your car ready for you tomorrow morning. You would be a fool to give me your car and trust your life with brakes that I repaired by reading a book. Okay? Just follow this logic. I mean, it, it's, it, I don't get it. I, I really don't get it. I read a book about how to repair brakes. So you give your car to me. I will fix your brakes. I will turn it back to you. And you would be a fool to start that car and to drive down a hill on brakes that I repaired. Do you all agree on that? I I think we all agree on that. So why is it that everybody and his uncle is now an expert and an authority on COVID-19? And how we need to repair what's a vaccination What's not a vaccination? What's the pill for? I don't get it. I don't get it. Okay, yes, I read an article on the internet. I read an article that was posted from a medical journal. Well, who are you to read these things? I I don't know. Anyway, sorry. I digress. But it's all part of the same thing too, right? At some point, we need to figure out, not about that reset button, But we need to figure out what works in our lives and what are the things that we're going to be focusing in on. And that's going to be the issue of part two of today's podcast. Right now, we take a little break as we do every week. We play a song of the week. And I hope you enjoy this one. We'll be back in a couple moments. Run for a patrast, Kahvatsch Banalin. Yeskar Chara Barnelitzolong Nats, Yespar Gatsen Honavorin, Hayaskas Yeskin Kinaras, Ein Terries Aprelem Jamanakin, Ein Termeng Aprelem Jamanakin. Voski 
Verchum poshi utapa kari bekor Sai ai namene inch gegetnen intere Is nit seto yekoch jam portnere Yes gar chana balenitzo knats yes bar ganzem khona borin hayats kes yeshken kinaras Ein Terjes, April im Jamanakin. Ein Terjmenk, April im Jamanakin. Jesch Karjana Barnelitz und Knatz, Jesch Parkatz im Chonavorin. Hayatzkes Jesch Kinkina Ratz. Ein Terjes, April im Jamanakin. Ein Terjmenk, April im Jamanakin. Garchana Panelitzoknats, Ein Tergis, April im Jamanakin. Ein Tergmink, April im Jamanakin. The unmistakable and remarkable talent of Gor Machitarian, playing my favorite, or... Uh, yeah, we're playing to the theme of the day, and it is called Or the Day. Yeah, we're talking about resetting it with the dawn. The pain is old, but it is a new day. I, I love that. I have lived there sometime in the past. It's just a beautiful song. I was very proud that we produced that, um, the entire album. That's off of the Spirit album back in, oh, I want to say 2007. Has it been 15 years? Yeah. Fifteen years, yeah, we we produced that album called The Spirit Album, and this was my <laughs> my top favorite from that album. You know what? The other day, Susie gave me a bunch of Spirit Albums that she had kept. So I, I think there's maybe about ten of them left. If, yeah, it's yours. <laughs> Drop me a line and be happy to send it to you. Um yeah no I'm talking about the old fashioned album no not a not an LP no the kind you know, the LP has two sides I'm talking about the one with one side a CD I know I know I know that's dating ourselves yeah but we were around at the time of the CDs and we do have the CD version of it I think there's about 10 of them that she gave me the other day um and that's about it. That's the end of them. I, I've kept one for myself. It's sentimental. But now everything is available online. And you can find it, of course, on Spotify. You can find it just about anywhere you get your music. Um, but that is the album called uh, Spirit Hoki. And it had that beautiful design on the cover, if you remember it. You turn it over and it spells Hoki in Armenian. And turn it around, and it spells spirit in English. Gorn Mechitarian is the talent behind this beautiful song, and there will be a link on today's show notes to not only this song, but all of the wonderful music that Gor produces. Let's get back to our show. You 
You know, the Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. had this very beautiful saying that is often quoted, if a man has not discovered something that he will die for, he isn't fit to live. And he puts these two ideas next to each other, dying and living for. I remember Torkom Serpazan, the Archbishop Torkom, who later on became the the um, patriarch of Jerusalem. He was the primate actually here in in, in Southern California, uh, the primate, what was called the Californian diocese, which now is called the Western diocese. He was the primate here, and then he went on, of course, to become the primate of the Eastern diocese. He has this beautiful little book about love. He talks about love. And he says, it's interesting that we as Armenians have always found it easier to die for our faith rather than to live for our faith. Think about that for a moment, right? Um, I just got a call yesterday from the local day school, Manugen, what is it called? Manugen Demergen School here in the valley. And they asked if I would speak about Vartanans. And Vartanans is one of those famous ones where we love to remember that we died for Christianity. We died for the homeland. And it, it it's really an interesting idea. Like, at what point do we live for that homeland? At what point do we live for our faith? Martin Luther King says, if a man has not discovered something that he will die for, he isn't fit to live. In other words, he's equating that idea that it takes sacrifice. And herein you find the Orthodox, Armenian Orthodox idea of what love is about. It's about sacrifice. It's not about the little heart-shaped. And this is very appropriate, of course, coming on uh, coming on uh, to Valentine's Day this weekend. Uh, and tomorrow happens to be the Feast of St. Sarkis, who has now been designated as the Saint of Love. And very strategically, this is in the last 10-15 years, the Catholicos has named St. Sarkis, whose feast happens to be tomorrow, Saturday. He's named him as the, the Saint of Love. Well, strategically placed very close to Valentine, because we talk about St. Valentine here in the West as being that saint of love, right? And we equate it with hearts. When you really think about it, what is really love? What is the symbol of love? Is it your heart? Well, you know your heart gets you in a lot of trouble, right? (laughs) Well, it gets you in trouble because you let your emotions drive your reason, and that's when it gets into trouble. But think about it for a moment, right? What is the real symbol of love? if not the cross. And in Armenian Orthodox tradition, that is the symbol of love, the cross. Sacrifice, giving yourself. Jesus making it a conditional statement, if anyone to follow me, let him pick up his cross, pick up your cross and follow me. Yeah, that's a that's not a pick up your roses, pick up this easy road. No, pick up your cross, it is sacrifice. We read it in John 12. It's a, it's a, uh, a scriptural passage that we read during the Hokianki service. It says, uh, he who loves his life will lose it, and he who hates his life will keep it for eternal life. But what is that hate? What, flogging yourself? No, it's sacrifice. It's giving you, in other words, putting yourself in a state where you are sacrificing for others. So that your life has meaning in its service to others, helping others, being compassionate, loving, tending to, walking in their shoes. And this is, this is all connected together, right? And so when Dr. King says that unless you find something that you're willing to die for, in other words, he's saying, what are you willing to sacrifice? It's a question that a true Christian, and more than a true Christian, I don't want to put a condition on true Christian. I'm going to say a mature Christian will ask him or herself. That's a question you need to ask yourself. What, what would I put it all on the line for? The apostles asked themselves this question, right? Each of them went their own way after the 
after the resurrection and after the original Pentecost. They were commissioned to go out into the world. Each of them went off on their own. They were by themselves. There was no peer pressure. I'm saying that because each of them found a death. They were martyred wherever they were, except for John, of course. But he ended up in a prison, okay? Each of them had an opportunity to do otherwise, but they chose the path of the cross. Now, why would you do that unless you really believed it? Okay, you're you're sitting there, okay? You're um, Apostle Philip. And you end up someplace and they say, okay, deny that the resurrection existed. Now, there's no peer pressure. There's nobody, you know, Andrew's not there. Peter's not there. Nobody else is there for that, for you to feel bad. If you deny Jesus, you get to live, right? So it has to be pretty, pretty <laughs> real in your life that you're not going to deny it. I, you know, they say uh, paint your fingernail um, green and you get to live. If you don't, we're going to kill you. What would we do? We would paint our fingernail green, wouldn't we? I would. I don't care. I'm not going to lose my life because I didn't paint my fingernail green. That's not worth losing your life for, right? But each of these apostles lost their lives because they refused. They refused to do what they were told. And each of them could have refused. Now, you only do this if you're truly committed to it, if you truly believe, if you truly believe that that is real. And definitely they all believed. They all believed that the resurrection was real. And what does Jesus say? Blessed are you. Especially to Thomas, he said, because you saw, you saw the resurrected Lord. Blessed are those who without seeing believe. And he's talking to all of us because that's the challenge for us. Okay, are you seeing Jesus? Well, we're not seeing Jesus in the form that the movies have produced for us. Right, the nice-looking guy with the, the with the nice hair that comes down to his shoulders. He's kind of like hip, you know. He walks around and tells people what to do, heals the sick, and everything. But we're seeing Jesus out on the street, in the poor, the lonely, the sick, the diseased, the dying. And Jesus said, "When you do it for the least of my brothers, you've done it for me." Are we willing to go out that distance for a Jesus? It doesn't look like the Jesus that we're familiar with. And so you start developing this idea of what is it that I'm willing to die for. Now, put this in context with what we talked about during the first portion of, of today's show. Right? We talked about like all of this information, all of these stories are coming to us. And we have to sift through and find out what do our talents, what, at what point, how can I react to this? What is the best way, the best use of my talents? Basically, we're talking about purpose. Because there's these three questions that we have I, uh, in life. And, and I've shared this with you, right? Every human being goes through this at one point, especially when you look up at the vast expanse of the universe or look at the horizon and see the sea going out and you realize how many miles and how many waters and you see the mysteries of this universe, of our planet and you have to think like, okay, where did I come from? Where did all of this come from? Who put this all in motion? The second question, okay, now that I'm here, what am I doing here? What is the purpose of my life? And the third question, where are we going? What happens after this life, right? So this is that number two question. What is my purpose? I was speaking to Father Kivork a couple days ago. He is a new priest serving, well, new to the Western Diocese, a young priest, uh, just I'm. Um, I'm just I just love being with him because we get to talk about such things and we don't never have enough time to talk about these things but he served in the Armenian military as chaplain he served with young men who fought in the war last year and he was telling me stories about talking with these young men as a chaplain stories that you and I will never understand I mean, we talk about what is my purpose in life. 
You know, I got these A's over here. I did okay. My boss gave me a raise. Where am I doing? I got this really neat looking car. You know, I was able to move up to gold membership status. These are all important things, right? How about the kids that he worked with? By the way, he's about 33 years old. He says, what do you tell a kid who comes to you as an amputee without a leg because it was blown off by the, by the enemy? What do you do when the kid comes up to you without any hands, without any arms, and says, look, I, haven't, I never had a chance to even get married. Who will look at me now? No hands, no arms. They were blown off. I escaped the bullet. The bullet which pierced through my skin and went through and it knocked off a part of myself. I wish it had killed me. It would have been easier to deal with that than to deal with this half person that's standing in front of you. Now give me an answer, priest. Give me an answer. What is my purpose? You start putting things in perspective that our Super Bowl is really out there to make some money for some people, not for you, not for these Joes who are standing on the street. It gives us a chance to put it in perspective that each of us has a unique calling. Now, the rest of the world, by the way, could care less about these Armenian soldiers, but you and I may care about them, right? By virtue of who we are. And there's people for whom that doesn't matter. That's fine. What is it in your life that really matters. So all of this that we're talking about today is really that ultimate question. It is an ultimate question in our lives. What is it that really matters? It's easier to die for our beliefs than it is to live for our beliefs. It is easier to die for our faith than to live for our faith. Okay, what does that mean? Can I live for it? What are the things that I want to live for? Jesus tells this beautiful parable of the talents, and it's exactly for this reason. He talks about using your talents. And it's interesting because in that story, you know, if you remember right, if I remember right, it's a story where you've got the, the, the man giving away talents. And, you know, I think they use an, uh, the form of money, whatever it was deniers or whatever the money was in that thing. And that, that's one of those things that people get all hung up. Well, Father Boskin, you know, that was a denier. And in that time, they, no, 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 this isn't about deniers. Denario, about pesos, about yen, about dollars. This is about metaphor that Jesus is using. That everybody has a certain amount of talent. And it's distributed differently. One has 10,000, one has 5,000, one has 1,000. And the one with 10,000 takes his talents and invests and brings back another 10,000. And he's called blessed, faithful. He's done well with what God is or what his master has given him. The second one, likewise, 5,000, he takes it and he invests and he gets another 5,000 on his return and gives it back to the master. And he's commended. But who is condemned of the three? It's the guy with the least. And you say, why are they always picking on the least? No, they're not picking on the guy with the least. They're not picking on the poor. Jesus is picking on people who are scared to use their talent. Because if you remember in the story, the guy takes the thousand that he does have, wraps it in a small little handkerchief, and puts it into his pocket. And he says... You know, sir, <laughs> I didn't want to spend this because I'm scared. I'm scared. Uh, you know, I might have lost it. I'm scared to have wagered it. I might have lost it. And Jesus says the master condemned him as a useless servant. Ambidanzara. You're useless. <laughs> Who needs you? And he takes what he has, that thousand that he does have, and give it to the guy who had 10,000. And then we sit back and we look, oh, yeah, the rich get richer. No, it's not about the rich get richer. It's the rich are willing to put it out on the line. 
And you say, well, okay, if I had extra, I'd put it out. No, you do have extra. That's the point of all of this. Every one of us has a new dawn. Every one of us has a new reset button. And each of those reset buttons is an opportunity for us to start brand new. And in that starting brand new, we have new opportunities. It's for us to figure out how we fit into that world. And that's something that nobody else can do for you. Nobody else can. I can't do it for you. You have to figure that out. And whether we go to a Bible study or you listen to these podcasts or you listen to an inspirational speaker, at the end of the day, you are the one. You are the one who has to come to terms with with, with God, which is ultimately looking at yourself in a mirror and saying that that person in there is following a path that I approve because that person is me. You don't have to live up to my standards or to anybody else's standards. It's this invitation that Jesus is giving each and every one of us to explore and find the talents that we do have and really exploit them, not hide them. Because of the three people that Jesus talked about, the one that is condemned is the one that hides it, that has talents and don't doesn't use it. And a very simple formula of expressing that is, is you have talents, use them, don't abuse them. Use them. Don't hide them. And so, as, as Christians, we come into our lives looking for that purpose, for that meaning. What Dr. King calls that purpose to live in finding something that we are willing to die for. In other words, what are we willing to sacrifice for? On the big scale, there is world peace. On the big scale, there is disease. On the big scale, there is hatred. There's prejudice. On the smaller scale, it's a football game, right? That's going to be played this Sunday. We say it's small scale, but billions of dollars will be exchanging hands in the form of advertising, form of shares. I think, if I'm not mistaken, the average price of a seat for the Super Bowl yeah, average price. I will get this. I'll put it in the show notes because I just saw it yesterday. Something like $8,000 is the average price. The top seat is $47,000. Can you imagine? I, I mean, can you imagine this stadium is going to be full on Sunday? And can you imagine somebody spending $50,000 for a football ticket? I can because they're telling you it is. So what does that mean? That that person has put value in watching that game. It's not up to me to judge if that's good or bad. That's up to them. And perhaps that's the reason, that's the purpose of that they find in their lives. Which may seem absurd to me. But it doesn't matter what it, what it seems to me. Are you okay with it? And that's all I'm asking. As a Christian, you have to be able to look at, at yourself in the mirror and saying, am I okay with the decisions that I made? Am I okay with what I'm doing? And this is where sincerity comes in. You've got to be able to be honest with yourself. It's nobody else's business. Nobody else's business what you think is important. It's nobody else's business if you want to pay $47,000. Yeah, there's people who think it's absurd, and there will be people who will say, you know what, if I had known it was that cheap, I would have bought a ticket. That's the playing field we're playing on. What's important is how do you reconcile with yourself? Because at the end, you have to be able to look at that person in the mirror. At the end, you have to be able to put your head on the pillow and feel comfortable with the decisions you made. Our Bible study group uh, is studying the works of Desmond Tutu this season. We're looking at many of his prayers and the work that he did in South Africa. And one of the experiments that we're doing right now, in fact, this Monday evening, is about forgiveness and who would you forgive? And if you were to make a list, I want you to think about this. The people that you would forgive. Who would be at the top of that list? Think about it for a moment. It's going to be the topic of uh, of a podcast I know coming up. Because it's interesting. It's, uh, yeah, yeah. That's, that's part of the clue. <laughs> the, the clue is, who would it be? I'm asking a broad audience 
my podcast audience, okay? So let's figure that we could all figure out. No, we're not going to blame Ken on this one. No, it's somebody that we can all understand. Think about it. I'm going to leave it there, okay? Listen, I'm going to put some notes together for the show notes. I'll put the Bible passage to the parable about the about the talents. Read it for yourself. Uh, come to terms because this is very, very important, especially at this point in life where we have so many options, where life is giving us so many different things to be consumed with. You have an opportunity to know more about any subject that is, that is humanly possible. You have it at your fingertips. And you need to sort through and say, you know what, this is important for me. This isn't, I need to put this to one side. Does this sound familiar? Yes, it's the prelude to Lent. Because during the Lenten season, our entire focus is going to be to come down to the bare minimums of what is essential. I'm running ahead of the game, but this gets us ready. Let's take a break right now. Here's Susie to make her announcement. When I come back, I'm going to share with you what's happening this weekend. Some exciting things, okay? Including Groundhog's Day in mid-February. Here's Susie. Before getting back to the next step with Father Vazgen, I'd like to take this opportunity to remind you that this ministry is supported through the heartfelt donations of listeners like you. Thanks for keeping us in your prayers and partnering with this expanding and dynamic outreach. The next step is entering homes and communities with a solid message proclaiming God's message of love, forgiveness, and compassion. We look forward to your comments and words of encouragement. Please consider partnering in this dynamic ministry by making a contribution. By pressing on the donate button on our website, you can set up automatic donations, either weekly, monthly, or annually. Your donation goes a long way in furthering this ministry. Even more, tell your friends and family by sharing the Next Step link or website with them. We're on iTunes and Blueberry as well as Facebook and Twitter. We are excited about this ministry and invite you to share in our enthusiasm. This is Susie wishing you all of God's blessings in your life. We now return to the next step with Father Vazgen. Hey, thank you, Susie, and thank you, all of you, for all of your love, your support, your messages, letters, emails. I know, I appreciate them. I can't get to all of them, but I promise, I promise I read them all, and especially for your prayers. Thank you. Those prayers go a long way. Hey, listen, I want to tell you what's going on this weekend. Get your calculator out. Get your piece of paper out and a pencil, because you may have to erase a few things. But if you are calculating things, it happens to be the midwinter, that means the same amount of time between the beginning of winter and the end of winter. And you say, well, what does that have to do with religion? A lot. Actually, it's called Candle Mass uh, in the Roman Catholic Church. For us, it's called Diarantarach. It is 40 days after Christmas. 40 days, yes. Uh, wait a minute. Isn't that what February 2nd is? Commonly referred to as Groundhog Day, isn't that Candlemas? The 40th day after our Lord's birth? Yeah, it is, February 2nd, if you are calculating on December 25th, and if you are calculating by the Armenian true standard, January 6th is birth, therefore, 40 days later. Happens to be this weekend, yes, February 13 and 14, the Feast of Diarantarach, the presentation of the Lord. And this goes to Luke chapter 2. You know, for everybody who says, oh, the Armenian church, they followed. No, we followed the Bible better than anybody else because we were there. Okay. 40 days after Christmas happens to be this weekend. I know, I know some of you are going to be celebrating St. Valentine's Day. And don't tell anybody. I'll probably buy my sweetie a box of candy to which she'll refuse and I end up eating it anyway. But anyway, <laughs> Valentine's Day is nice, but it also happens to be exactly 40 days after uh, after the birth. 
And so it is called Diarantarach, the presentation of the Lord to the temple. Luke chapter 2. Read it. It's a beautiful story. I'll put a link on today's show notes. So this weekend, there is the traditional bonfire. It's a fertility rite left over to us from the ancient days. And we still practice it. If you happen to be in the Burbank area, do stop by. We will be doing it at the cathedral. Huge bonfire. And we have young couples jumping over. And it becomes a feast for the young couples. Think about it. The beginning, the 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 midpoint of winter, the beginning of spring, love, fertility. Yes, it all comes together. Of course it does. There's like natural rhythms and flows in nature, and the Armenian Church celebrates them. So that's going to be this weekend at uh, the St. Leon Cathedral, and I'm sure there's uh, several churches that'll be doing it. If you happen to be listening in Armenia, do head out to Etchmiadzin, because in Var Shabbat at the Etchmiadzin Cathedral, they do it really, I mean, I've never seen a bonfire that big. Huge, 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 huge. And um, if you're lucky, even the Catholicos gets out there and does some of the lighting of the bonfire. It's a beautiful celebration, celebrating this natural phenomena in the capital calendar and in the in in nature natural phenomena yes a phenomena in nature there you go all right and then uh, a couple weeks uh, i'll be at the saint leon cathedral again to celebrate the holy divine liturgy a lot of stuff is happening stay tuned to us go to the mothership in issues.org to find out all kinds of information about what's going on and of course we are on the socials drop me a line at feedback at epostle.net that's apostolic evangelism for an electronic and expanding universe Listen, on behalf of the wonderful crew who put today's show together, Susie, my producer, and myself, Father Boskin, I invite you to join us again next week when we will take the next step. And now here's the fine print. The information and comments presented within this podcast and our website do not necessarily represent the views of the Armenian Church hierarchy, but are presented as a challenge to define the dynamics of Armenian Orthodoxy in all aspects of life. Listening to these shows is habit-forming. Addictive behavior associated with the next step is rarely, if ever, remedied. Rather, the next step is known to relieve and cure common cases of narrow-mindedness, prejudice, numbskullness, and glaucoma in patients over the age of 20. Results may vary depending on credit rating. Findings are based on double-blind studies conducted in Istanbul and Jerusalem. Side effects include mind expansion, clarity of focus, higher rates of heart palpitations, sensitivity to the pain of others, and occasional nausea. Demandment and production crew vpostle.net take full responsibility for changes you will experience. Not valid with any other offer. I forgot to ask you if uh, you're seeing the same sky as we are. Uh, Bye.